Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 today on ring of truth with pastor dan sexton happy is the man whose heart is set on pilgrimage happy is the person who knows this world is not my home this world is not my my final destination this world is not what i'm really living for this world is not really what i'm about I'm just passing through this world. I'm heading home to heaven, and my heart is set on heaven, not this world. Happy will that person be. Content will that person be. Oftentimes, we're so concerned with the things of this world, whether our possessions or our busy schedule and social life, we are completely blinded by all the distracting factors. In today's message, Pastor Dan will encourage you to look to your eternal future, instead of the earthly things. When you set your heart on the Lord and the things He provides and offers, you will find happiness. True happiness isn't having the nicest car, house, or job. It's knowing that you have the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Bible says that God sees our secret sins that no one else sees. That's why there's no point in trying to hide our sins from him. It's better to just walk in the light with God and confess our sins to him so that the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse us. Now look at verse 13. So then he goes out the second day, and this time two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, Why are you striking your companion? And then he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? And so Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. Moses thought he got away with killing the Egyptian the day before and hiding his body, but it was known. And what is he doing? Why is he doing this? Well, turn with me to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7 tells us. Acts chapter 7. Look at Acts chapter 7, verse 20. Acts chapter 7, verse 20. At this time, Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God, and he was brought up in his father's house for three months. We looked at this last week. But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own son, Verse 22 says, Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in words and deeds. Remember that, that he was mighty in words and deeds. Uh, The the Jewish historian Josephus tells us that he became a, a military leader, a military general in the Egyptian army, 
and he led the military, the Egyptian military to great victories over their enemies. He was a war hero. Now, when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel, and seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. Look what it says in verse 25. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. And the next day he appeared to the two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile them, saying, men, you are brethren. Why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away, saying, who made you a ruler and judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? And then Moses flees, as we're going to see in a moment. But look back at verse 25. Verse 25 indicates that somehow Moses knew that God was going to use him to deliver the Israelites from Egypt, and he expected the Israelites to know that he was their deliverer. Now, it doesn't tell us how he knew that or why he expected the Israelites to know that, but he knew he was their deliverer, and he expected the people to know that he was their deliverer, but they rejected him. Moses was rejected by the Hebrews the first time he tried to deliver them. And as we're going to see in a minute, he's going to leave. And while he's gone, he will take a Gentile bride. And then he will return a second time to Egypt. And the Hebrews will receive him as their deliverer the second time he comes. Moses is a type of Christ. Jesus was despised and rejected as the Messiah and Savior. The first time he came to Israel, they crucified him. He left. He ascended back to heaven. And right now, Jesus is calling a Gentile bride out of the world in the church. And when Jesus comes the second time to Israel, they will receive him as their Messiah and Savior. And so we see that Moses is a type or a picture of Jesus Christ, rejected the first time and received the second time. Now, back in Acts chapter 2, verse 15, when Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. So Moses flees from Egypt, and he fled to Midian, which is located in the Arabian Peninsula, It's a desert area. It's a very rugged desert area. And so God takes Moses from the courts of Pharaoh to the desert. And Moses will be in the desert of Midian for 40 years. And it's there in the desert that God prepares Moses to lead the children of Israel. In the school of the desert, the schools of Egypt did not prepare Moses to be the leader that God can use. The desert will. And listen, give me your attention. God will use desert times in our lives. God will use desert times in our lives to prepare us for something greater that he wants to do. And he will use the desert to shape us and to mold us and most importantly to humble us. 
so that he can then use us. He's got to get Egypt out of Moses. Moses had 40 years of Egypt, 40 years of all that Egyptian training. And now he's got to get all of that out of Moses and he's going to take him out to this desert to get it out of him so that he can use him. And Moses fled to the desert. He goes to Midian where he sat down by a well. It says in verse 16, now the priest of Midian had seven daughters and they came and drew water and they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. Moses, again, he is intolerant of injustice wherever he sees it. Not just when it's injustice against his own people, the Hebrews, but when it's injustice between two Hebrews, when when they were fighting with each other, or when it's injustice between non-Hebrews, as is the case here in verse 17, Moses stands against injustice, and God calls us to stand up against injustice everywhere we see it, right? Proverbs 31, 8 says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. And Moses demonstrated that he stood up for the oppressed anywhere that he saw them. Verse 18 says, when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, How is it that you have come so soon today? So the seven daughters, they're taking care of their father's sheep. They go out to water the flock. They return back early. And the father says, how is it that you've come home so soon today? And then verse 18, again, Ruel, the name Ruel means uh, the friend of God. The friend of God. Isn't that a great name? The friend of God. In chapter 3, he's also called Jethro. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the name Jethro, I think of the Beverly Hillbillies, right? Jethro Bodine. So, so he wonders, how do they come home so quickly? Verse 19, and they said, an Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds. And he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. Notice they identify Moses as an Egyptian here. He apparently is dressed as an Egyptian Maybe he spoke Egyptian. Maybe he walked like an Egyptian. I don't know. Now look at verse 20. So he said to his daughters, and where is he? Why is it that you have left this man? Call him that he may eat bread. This guy has seven unmarried daughters. And he lives in the middle of nowhere in the desert. And Moses is an eligible bachelor who's already demonstrated great character by defending his daughters. So he says, where is he? Why'd you let him slip away? Invite him to dinner. He's a suitor. And then Moses was content to live with the man. And he gave Zipporah, his daughter, to Moses as his wife. Moses was content to live in the desert of Midian with Jethro, leaving behind the palaces of Pharaoh and all the affluence of Egypt, having experienced the passing pleasure of sin in Egypt, Moses is now living a simple life in the desert, and he's content to do so. Why was he so content? Well, I believe we're given a clue in verse 22. Verse 22 says, And she bore him a son, and he called his name Gershom, 
For he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. The name Gershom means stranger. So Moses names his son Gershom, which means stranger, because Moses said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. I believe the reason that Moses could be so content living in a tent in the desert versus the palaces of Egypt is because Moses realized he was just a stranger living in a foreign land. Listen, heaven is our home. Heaven is our home. And to the degree that we are focused on heaven, we will be content in this world. If you focus on this world and this life and what you can get out of this life, you'll be discontent. But if you focus on heaven, if you set your heart on things above where Christ is and not on the things of this world, if you seek first the kingdom of God, as Jesus said, you'll be content in this life. If your priority is heaven and your priority is Jesus, you'll be content. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Psalm 84 verse 5 says, Blessed is the man or happy is the man whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Happy is the man whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Happy is the person who knows this world is not my home. This world is not my my final destination. This world is not what I'm really living for. This world is not really what I'm about. I'm just passing through this world. I'm heading home to heaven and my heart is set on heaven, not this world. And happy will that person be. Content will that person be whose heart is set on heaven, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Verse 23, now it happened in the process of time. Now watch what happens here. That the king of Egypt died. And then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry came up to God because of. Of their bondage. Now, note here in verse 23, we're given an important bit of information. The king of Egypt died. It was the practice in Egypt that when the king of Egypt died, the new king that ascended to the throne would immediately grant amnesty to those guilty of crimes, release prisoners from prison, and free the slaves in the land. Now, look over in chapter 4, verse 19. Chapter 4, verse 19, when the Lord calls Moses to leave Midian and return to Egypt, it says, now the Lord said to Moses and Midian, go return to Egypt for all the men who sought your life are dead. He's saying the king who sought your life is dead. In other words, amnesty, amnesty has been granted. 
to those who are guilty of a crime. So Moses, you have amnesty now for killing that Egyptian. It's safe for you to return to Egypt because when a new king comes to power, the first thing he would do is he would grant amnesty to criminals. He would release prisoners and he would set the slaves free. But this new king didn't set the Hebrews free. That's what this verse is telling us. The the king of Egypt died, but then the children of Israel groaned because of their bondage. And they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. All the Hebrews could do was groan because of their slavery, because of their bondage. They were powerless to free themselves. So too with us. The Bible says we are slaves to sin. And there's nothing we can do. There's nothing in ourselves. We can't free ourselves from the power of sin, no matter how hard we try. And so all we can do is groan. Oh, why did I do that? And cry out because of our condition. We need someone to deliver us. And that someone is Jesus Christ. He delivers us from our slavery to sin through his death on the cross for our sin. If you're here and you're not a Christian, you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you are a slave to your sin. And you are powerless to get yourself free. But Jesus Christ will set you free. If you give your life to him, Jesus Christ will set you free. That's what he came to do, to deliver you and to redeem you. And so... God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. Now, when it says here that he remembered uh, his covenant with Abraham, it's not like God forgets. It's that he's, he's moving again. He's acting again on the basis of this covenant. It's not like he's like, oh, yeah, I've got all those people down in Egypt. I forgot all about them. no. He's just acting again on the basis of this covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, that brings us to chapter 3. Between chapter 2 and chapter 3, 40 years goes by. Moses has been in the desert of Midian for 40 years. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. He doesn't even have his own flock. He, He went from being... In Pharaoh's royal family, in Pharaoh's palace, maybe in line to become Pharaoh and king of Egypt, now he's living in the desert. He doesn't even own his own flock. He's tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert. He's not even in the front of the desert anymore. He's way out in the back of the desert. And he came to Horeb. The mountain of God. Horeb is another name for Mount Sinai. Again, Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, they're in Arabia, not the Sinai Peninsula. Galatians 4.25, Paul says Mount Sinai is in Arabia. You can actually visit Mount Sinai today in Saudi Arabia. It's only been in the last few years that the Saudi Arabian government has allowed Christians to come into the country to visit Mount Sinai. Horeb is called the mountain of God. Look at verse 2. The angel of the, of the Lord appeared to him. Now the angel of the Lord is capitalized in your Bible probably. 
And it's capitalized because this is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. Before he's born as the baby in Bethlehem, he appears in the Old Testament in several places in what is known as a Christophany. And this is one of those places where he appears. And the angel of the Lord of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. I guess he's saying this to himself. He's out there in the desert by himself with a bunch of sheep. He's just talking to himself now. So now I'm going to turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. Moses was 80 years old at this point. He's on the backside of the desert. He's alone with his father-in-law's sheep. When he sees this burning bush, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. We're told this was the angel of the Lord appearing to him in the flame of fire. And this burning bush caught Moses' attention, as you would imagine it would. And he said, I'm going to go check out this bush. It's burning, but it's not being consumed. And as Moses was standing there looking at this bush burning, but not consumed, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, which I'm sure scared the stew out of him, right? I mean, he's out there by himself in the desert and suddenly you hear this voice. I'm sure he jumped in the air, right? And he said, here I am. Verse five. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. And what made that place holy ground? God's presence. Because God was there. The presence of God in any place makes that place holy. It makes it holy ground. And so your kitchen table can be holy ground. Or the couch in your living room can be holy ground. Or a picnic table out at Centennial Park can become holy ground. If you are there and you are seeking the Lord and focused on the Lord in that place and meeting with the Lord there, it becomes holy ground. The presence of God makes it holy. This used to be an office building. This room used to be filled with cubicles at one point. What makes it holy is the presence of God. Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And there may come a day where this building is turned back into office space. And it's, it, what makes it holy is the presence of God. That's what makes it holy. The Lord God tells Moses to take off his sandals because the place where you stand is holy ground, he said. You know, the priests that ministered in the tabernacle and then later in the temple, they ministered in their bare feet. When you read the description of their garments that the priests wore in the tabernacle, nothing is said about their shoes that they should wear. Because they didn't wear shoes. It was holy ground. They were ministering in the presence of the Lord. Moreover, he said... I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. You know, John chapter 1 says, No one has seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son has declared him, has revealed him. Again, this is a Christophany here. 
Thank you for spending a part of your day with us here at Ring of Truth. You've just heard a message from Pastor Dan Sexton in the book of Exodus. There's a lot we can learn from this and other books in the Bible. In fact, if you visit our website, calvaryec.com, you'll find a treasure trove of other messages all neatly organized in a simple, straightforward manner. We encourage you to camp out here for a while and soak your spirit in the truth of God's Word. Is there anything you would like us to pray for? We'd love to intercede in prayer on your behalf. Please locate the prayer tab at the top of our homepage, calvaryec.com, and send in your prayer request through the form you find there. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, too. We're also just a phone call away if you're not in Maryland. Call us at 410-491-4592. We'd love to hear what's going on in your life. Again, that's 410-491-4592. Would you consider supporting this ministry financially? If so, please visit calvaryec.com to learn how. We hope that today's teaching has been encouraging to your faith. Come back again next time for more in the book of Exodus. Until next time, we hope you have a blessed day and are reminded of the things learned today. This has been Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. Reach true.